What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Verzi Effect Podcast Show. My name is Paul Verzi, and today is a Monday, November 25th, 2019, and you guys are listening to episode 426. I cannot believe I've done that many of these, but um, I have a, a great show for you guys today. I'm feeling good. Oh, I'm feeling healthy. I'm breathing out of both nostrils with nice, fresh air clear passageways. I'm breathing the way people should breathe. Um, I didn't know that you could breathe like <laughs> like this. Um, so I guess you could say that my surgery was a success after a month or five weeks or whatever. Uh, definitely feeling good. So if you have that and they tell you don't get, you know, uh, deviated septum surgery or if you had an old break or if there's scarred tissue and bone and they say, oh, don't change it. It's just the way it is now. That's not true. Get a good doctor, get multiple opinions, but uh, I can breathe and I feel good about it. I have an amazing show for you guys today. A lot of stuff to talk about on the show, including my amazing trip to uh, Houston, Texas, where the flights were a lot better than last time. Um, Some really funny situations that I caught myself in, which we will talk about. Um, A movie, or I should say uh, a mini documentary, which I saw, which is incredibly inspirational and uh, had me crying today. That's right. I was sitting in bed with tears in my eyes crying because of this amazing short documentary, which is um, incredibly inspirational, but obviously incredibly sad. So I'll talk to you guys about that. Have some funny shit with Uber uh, Uber drivers. Some sports stuff came up um, yesterday, especially in the NFL. We'll try to get uh, to that. My unacceptable. We'll see if we have time for anything that you guys wrote in. But um, sit back, relax, wherever you may be, and um, let's do this, man. Uh, Episode uh, 400. And 26 guys on this Thanksgiving week. That's right, Thanksgiving week. So everybody, you should, listen, you got a shitty boss if you're working hard this week. Okay, let's be honest. If your boss isn't like, hey man, you could come in for a half day on Wednesday. Or if you have to take a trip with your family, go ahead. If your boss is not that guy, it's, you know, if your boss is one of those, hey man, I know it's Thanksgiving, but... We got to get this bottom line and, uh, you know, we got to go the whole way Wednesday and, you know, and then right back early Friday. Like, that guy's a dick, I think. You know, I mean, you're probably saying, yeah, Paul, that's easy for you to say. You tell dick jokes, um, you know, for a living, so you kind of don't have a schedule. But you know what I mean. You shouldn't have a huge workload today. Um, Thursday is the big one. I, uh, I love Thanksgiving. Definitely not my favorite holiday, though. I'd be lying if I said it was my favorite holiday. Um, you know, I've, I've said this many times. I don't want to sound like a broken record. Christmas is Jordan. We all know that. Um, I'm sorry, Jewish friends, followers, fans. Hanukkah's great. You get eight days. But let's, I mean, we know what we're talking about here. You guys know. It's just, look, it's Christmas and there's everything else. Christmas is Babe Ruth. It's Michael Jordan. It's, you know... You know, the big man coming down the chimney, the the, the tree, the I mean, the whole deal, the whole deal, the, the you know, the lights around the house, everything like that. The, I mean, you know, Christmas music, you know, that's why Adam Sandler made that Hanukkah song, because he knew how far behind they were with the music that he had to even make something. And think about that. Christmas music is so ahead of any other holiday music that a comedian, Adam Sandler, a comedian and actor had to come up with something. And think about it. That's the one thing when you think about a Hanukkah song, you think of Adam Sandler first. That's at least I do. Anyway, um, I am happy that Thanksgiving is here, but I'm more happy that right after um, Thursday, then you start with the Christmas stuff. And um, I have to unfortunately fly to Dallas on Black Friday. But I, you know what? I'd rather be flying to Dallas on Black Friday then, um, you know, be around people that want to trample themselves to death at Walmart to save $49 on a television that's already depreciating in value <laughs> as we speak and, you know, already marked up anyway. I mean, these people on Black Friday, 6 o'clock in the morning, waiting by the for the gate to open so they could run in there like lunatics. I mean, I've said it once, they deserve whatever comes their way. I mean, people, there's literally, it's a yearly fatality thing. There are yearly fatalities. 
I mean, these people, like, it's a statistic. Black Friday tramplings is a statistic. And if you need the, I mean, what are you doing? How about you steal it on Saturday? I'd rather go try stealing it. <laughs> That's the Sicilian in me. Go steal the shit, okay, on a day that not everybody's trying to get a deal. Worst case, you're a first offender, you get a good lawyer, you pay a fine, whatever. You'd rather do that than have a chance that you and somebody you love is going to get trampled to death, you know, running into the freaking electronics aisle at Best Buy. But I will be flying to, um, to Dallas. But speaking of um, flying and everything, I have to thank everybody, seriously, everybody who came out um, to the Houston Improv. I found out a lot of, a lot of things about this room that um, they were saying not a lot of New York comics come in there. And um, they usually have like the same rotation of comedians and stuff. And, and it was, you know, they were like, oh, we're so glad you came down here. And, and people did come out to every show. And um, I want to keep coming down there and keep building that market. But if you did come down to the show, I really appreciate it. The shows were fantastic. The room was fantastic. The staff, thank you to the staff, the wait staff, um, the booker, uh, Raymond out there who um, took me to breakfast, but then also catered the um, green room with the, the barbecue on um, Good Company Barbecue on Saturday night. We were able to just get, we had a half chicken in there. They had brisket sandwiches in there. It was just really, really nice. Um, so great room. And I just had a great time. I also want to shout out my, um, my buddy, uh, my dude, Kevin Ryan, who opened for me, he featured, did a fantastic job, killed the shows, and um, also was such a good hang. Because when I go on the road, guys, I don't, I, I have a family, okay? I have a family. I have kids. I'm not, I'm not one of these guys who are like, oh, we're going to go you know, rage and go to these parties. I don't, I don't do that. Okay. I'm done my shows. I want, you know, one or two things. I want a glass of red wine and I want to smoke a nice cigar. That's kind of what my thing is. Okay. You guys know that that's what me and my, my crew does. We, you know, the less people, the better, the, the lighter, the bar. Like I like, uh, and I am, I'm a little bit of a, I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to sit here and lie to my listeners. I'm a little bit of a snob. I'm sure everybody who knows me is probably laughing at this. Like, I like a nice lounge. I like amenities. I like five-star shit. I just do. It's who I am. I like top hotels. I like I like the finer things in life. I just do. It drives my wife nuts because sometimes I do it for, like, any little thing. You know, I'm not one of these people that goes to the grocery store and cares about saving $1.19 to get, like, the, the supermarket brand. I'm like, get the fucking good brand. I don't care. Just get the good shit, whatever the highest cost. That's what I do. I don't care, okay? So when I go to a cigar lounge or I go to, like, a wine bar, if they were like, well, this one's okay, but this one's really nice, um, but a little more expensive, well, then I'm taking the latter. That's just what it is, okay? I don't know what else to tell you. Um, you know why? And, and I know what you're saying. Wow. I didn't do why Verza, you're really, uh, are you really a snob like that? I didn't know. You want to know why? Because I stayed in motels and places that were so shitty and the owner didn't care. I stayed in places. They had me one time. I was in Syracuse. They had me in a ghetto. Okay. Where, where the, the owner of Booker wouldn't be caught dead. Okay, matter of fact, I could have been caught dead. That's how shitty these places were. And I took it. I took it for the stage time, and I took it to get better. I've done shitty gigs, hell gigs. I've stayed in dirty condos, and I got to a point now where since I've achieved a certain level in this business, I'm fucking getting the better things. It's just, that's just the way that it's going to be. So, but this is really, really fun. And when I can. I, I'm not always like that. I'm not like, oh, we have to go to the best. I'm just like, hey, if we could, if we have an option, that's the shit I want to do. I told you guys. I, I'm, I talk about it in my act. If I get enough money, I want to buy an endangered dolphin. I want to fuck. I told my wife I want a horse or a pony in the backyard. She said, what are we going to do with it? Where are we going to put it? I said, we'll figure it out. I mean, that's what you're dealing with over here. Okay? If, if, if I wasn't married to my wife, I'd probably have two horses in my fucking garage that, would, that, are de that have been dead for six months. I'm not even kidding. There was <laughs> people come over like, "What's that smell?" I'd be like, "Yeah, it's you know, there's this dead thoroughbred in there. I don't know what to do with it." Um, so, but I got a really funny story. So Kevin Ryan, like I said, funny comic from Philly. Look him up, man. Um, he actually reminds me of a me a little bit, like a like a you know. And I know I don't mean to sound like arrogant, like really funny guy, kind of like me, but no, like his just his sense of humor 
is similar to mine. He's like a guy's guy, an everyday guy, but he's got funny jokes, and I like the kids. So, um, you know, he's a and, and like I said, he's a Philly guy, but he's like you could talk sports with him, smoke cigars. So after the first show, I was like, hey man, do you want to? Thursday night, I was like, do you want to go smoke a cigar? So we're looking up cigar lounges by the show, and like everything in um, the one thing about Houston is it's a great city, but nothing is like. There's no, apparently, I learned there's no zoning. So you could have like a porno shop next to a school, next to a highway, and this area is one way, but then a block away, it's another thing. Everything's under a highway. There's no like rhyme or reason. There's no neighborhoods. There's no, this area is okay. This It just seems like everything kind of meshes in together. It's a, the th- you got to get on a highway to get anywhere. Like Houston is, is, it's really cool. And they have some really cool spots downtown and the people super, super nice. The food, amazing. It's just, there's no sequence to anything. So we're looking for this cigar lounge and, uh, this one's not open. This one's not open. So I see one that says like, um, our legends, Really, like, uh, and then all of a sudden, they're like, yo, that's private. You can't go. So we're sitting in the green room, and the guy goes, well, I can make a phone call and let them know that the headliner of the improv this week would like to go. So I was like, look, man, if that's not a problem, great. You know, like, I'll I'll tip well. Like, I'm not a, you know, the one thing is I, I may like things, but I'm not cheap. I don't just take them. Like, I'll tip you, and and, you know, if you take care of me, I'll take care of you type of deal. So... They were like, all right, listen, the best they could do, it's a private club. You would just have to pay $25 to get in if you're not, you know, you're not a member and they have like an event or whatever that night or whatever. So they're regulars. So um, Kevin and I, I was like, hey, do you want to go? I was like, dude, I'll, I'll, you know, I'm not going to make you pay your cover. It's not a nightclub, but let's just go. Let's just go in for this fucking $25. So we get there and um, right as we turn the corner, we're, we just, like everybody there was African-American. It was just all black. So, um, I was like, are we, it was like, is a private club. I was like, are, there's no, is this just a private black club? And sure enough, we walk in and it is. So me and him, <laughs> me and him are, there's, and there was like, I made one other white person and I didn't even care. I was just like, I want to sit down and smoke a cigar. I just wanted to make sure, I just wanted to see if we were welcome, you know? And of course we were, they were super, super nice. Hey man, thanks so much. But the problem is I was starving. And I couldn't, um, I couldn't eat anything because there was no food. And the guy's like, oh, there should be a place near there. You're downtown. They drop us off and there's nothing. Luckily, the, the bartender goes, uh, oh, we had like fajita night. This was an event. There's some steak and chicken fajitas left. It's kind of towards the end, but whatever you want. And I'm so hungry that I have to do it. I'm like, I have no choice. I got to make this fajita. So we're standing there and we're eating, we're eating these fajitas, (laughs) waiting to smoke a cigar. We pick our cigars. I order a wine. I don't know what Kevin ordered or whatever. And we're just maybe a beer or whatever. And we're just, we're sitting there and it was so funny because we're in this all black private club that said our legends. And on the wall, it said our legends. And there were all of these like like legendary, I guess, historic and political black figures in this from this neighborhood that were members. And then they had this thing that said like the the Houston um, Chamber of Commerce and, and it was all and we're just sitting there and I was just like, how nice is this that like they they were so nice. And it was like literally me and Kevin, these two like New York Philly guys just sitting and this was like these just so nice, like, but there were politicians in there. So we're sitting in there and like, there was literally politicians like campaigning in there. And, um, so we're sitting in the humidor, had a room to sit and smoke. And this guy comes in and he's like, Hey man, what's going on? And he comes in and he's like shaking everybody's hand and he's dressed in a suit. And he's like, what's your name? And Kevin's like, Oh, I'm Kevin. And I was like, oh, I'm Paul. And he just, he just, as weird, he just took this liking to me. He's like, yo, Paulie, what's up, Paulie? And he just kept calling me Paulie. And he walks in there and he goes, hey, man, I just want to let everybody know. And then there were two other, two other white dudes came in. And they were in there, too. And then it was a little, I'm not going to lie, it was a little weird because it was four white dudes sitting in a humidor, <laughs> smoking, watching TV. And then outside was just, it was all of these, like, private members. And we were, like, the four white dudes in there. And it was fucking awesome. And this guy comes in and he just goes, Hey, I just want to let you guys know, man, I want to welcome you, everything. Listen, man, I'm running for councilman or I'm running, yeah, whatever it was. I'm running for the city council or whatever like that. 
And um, I was like, oh, man, he's, you know, probably campaigning. He probably thinks, you know, he'll get votes from us and stuff. Like, I don't know. Like, he came in super nice. And then I go, hey, man, I just want to, you know, wish you luck, man. Wish you luck on the, the election. And he goes, oh, man, I'm going to win that shit. I'm not. I'm not worried. <laughs> He just got, I'm gonna, oh, I'm gonna win that shit. I'm just, I'm just coming to say hi. And then this woman came in and she goes, hey, I just want to let you know I'm one of only two members here that are female, but I wanted to come in and, and, and thank you guys. Like, it was so over the top nice. It was just so fucking funny because it was called Our Legends because it was a private club with all these great people on the wall. And then me and Kevin are just sitting there like, um, do you guys mind if we <laughs> use your space? And then when they found out we were from New York, they were like overly nice. You guys want another drink? It was super, super cool, man. And um, it was just really funny. But it was like a scene from a movie. Like, I don't know if it was like the, was it the Blues Brothers or uh, Animal House? Where like, we, we walked in and it was just two white dudes and just everybody was private members and they were all African American and it was part of their thing. And they were looking at us, it, you know, like where the record scratches, it was like, Urgh! And we're just like, hey, we're looking for a nice smoke and maybe a drink. But it ended up being um, a fantastic, fantastic night. Then the next night, we have two shows. Amazing. Crowds were great. Working the new hour, adding stuff, having a good time. The next night, I was like, we don't have to smoke. Maybe you want to go just go get a wine. So then we go to another part of town, which is like apparently Houston's hipster part of town. So now we're in like Williamsburg you know, 2025 or whatever you want to say. And it was like this, like, you know, just super, super hipster, um, almost a little too much, but super nice, um, you know, wine bar. Uh, and we, it was just so funny. Cause like, it was just all of these like hipster high end, everything, like the overly explained stuff. Like, the service was so good that they were just like, um, well, your food's going to be coming out momentarily, so I'm just going to move this over for you because we're going to place it right down here for you. Is there anything else I can, can I ask? Can you ask any uh, questions that I might, can answer? For? And we're just like, nah, man, <laughs> the wine or the beer is great. Okay, well, this one is like from Spain, but it also is like, has like a, a Napa taste. And like, it was like really, you know, pretty much over the top. And then... I have to talk about one of the greatest meals I ever had. Shout out to uh, to Carrie. His name is Carrie uh, Greeter. I think so. Greeter. Um, and he was... So when I first get to Houston, I got there the night before to do press. And I wanted to go see my beloved Knicks lose. But I figured I could watch them lose in another state and get a drink or just watch it in a place to get something to eat or whatever. Um, I had nothing to do the next day. I mean, nothing to do the next morning, but the show at night. And I go into the, my, my hotel and my hotel's like, oh, you could try this place, but that place across the street. I go to this place across the street and they were like, I was like, do you guys play the game? And like, we got direct TV. I don't know. We'll figure it out. And I'm just standing there waiting and waiting and waiting. And now it's getting so unacceptable that I asked one other person, I, can the manager, can I talk to a manager, please? And they go, the manager's coming. They made me stand there for 10 minutes. Manager didn't come. I go, fuck this. I'm leaving. Okay, by the way, this is not even my, um, it's not even my unacceptable. Um, but yeah, so I just leave. So there's a place next to it called True Lux. It's this huge seafood restaurant. And it looks really nice and swanky and everything. And I go in there and I walk in and I'm like, oh my God, I'm in like, I was literally in like jeans and sneakers. And, I, you know, I think I might even had, yeah, I had like a black track suit coat. I had like a Nike you know, I looked like I was going to collect money from fucking pizzerias in Harlem. You know, that's how I looked. So I was like, there's no way that I'm going to be able to to get in here. And this guy walks up. He's, a, I don't know if he was the GM or the manager. He's in a suit and everything. He goes, hey, can I help you? I go, yeah, man, I was just curious. Any any chance you guys got like the, the NBA pass package or whatever? Like, I want to watch the Knicks. And I go, but I could tell it's probably not not here. He goes, hold on a second. No, no, no. Let me, let me, uh, let me see what's going on. Let me see. So he's walking around and the service, this guy, I mean, it was like, hold on a second. What do you, can you want to, you want to stay at the bar for a second? Let me, you, I'll go ask. Hold on. Let me find. And I was like, no, man, it's okay. He goes, yeah, we got two TVs up there. I don't know. The thing is, I don't know if you're going to be able to get a spot at the bar, but let me see what I could do. I go, no, dude, listen, it's fine. I, I don't think you, the other places don't really have it. And you know, that place didn't even get back to me. So 
And he goes, well, you know, let me at least give him make a phone. I mean, I'm not even joking around. This guy goes, well, let me just make a phone call, see where I could, or talk to another manager here, see what we could do for you. So he comes out, he's like, listen, if you go to Jake's saloon, they definitely have it. It's a sports bar, but like I'm walking. And I was like, I started walking around and I just said to the guy, like, thank you so much. Um, I can't believe the service. You didn't have to do that. I, I, you know, I knew you probably didn't have it. And this is, people are dressed in here. Like you don't even have to be this nice to me. And I said, but I'll tell you what, I said, I'm in town headlining the, um, Houston improv. And I don't really like to go around saying like, Oh, I'm, I'm the comic comes up. But if somebody's nice and I feel like they would like to go to a show, I would like to do that, especially the way this man treated me. So I said, look, man, I'm in town from New York. I'm headlining the Houston improv. Um, shows are tomorrow, then two Friday, two Saturday. If you and a guest want to come, you, you let me know and I'm going to take care of it for you. I'll take care of it. And he was like, oh, really? All right, man, we'll see. You know, we'll see. I was like, yeah, so get me on social media and if you see something. So sure enough. Um, so anyway, after that, I'm walk, I tried walking to this Jake saloon. I almost got hit by a car. Like it was just too far. I'm sweating. I was like, at least I don't have to go to, to the gym. It was just like, you know what? Last thing I want to do is get, you know, hit on the highway in Houston at night before even my first show. Let me just cut my losses. I went over to like the Capitol Grill. I got some dinner and I just watched like highlights and I went to my hotel. I was done. So sure enough, this dude, Carrie from uh, True Lux Seafood, which I highly recommend, he comes out to the, sh uh, he, he reaches out on Instagram. I say, sure. I take care of him and his party. They have a great time at the show. He tells me to come in for lunch. Me and Kevin go in for lunch. And folks, when I tell you, I'm not kidding around. I'm not even kidding around. not trying to be funny. This meal blew my dick off like you, like you read about. Okay. I like you. This was a meal like you read about. It was to the point where I, you know, I opened the menu and you open them. You ever open a menu and like normal shits like 79 bucks. Like this was like, I mean, this was like a top end and apparently they have like a handful of locations, but it's only two owners and it's very, very fine seafood and steaks. Like it's really, really good. And um, when you open the menu, you figure that by the prices. Cause we both like looked at the menu and I was like, all right, let's fuck, you know, roll up my sleeves. If we're going to do it, we're going to do it. You know, it's one of those deals. And they were like, listen, we have a delicacy here. It's um, snow crabs or snow claws, whatever. It's only good for like six months, but you peel these crab claws like, like almost like an egg and, and you eat, you know, you eat it, it's cold, but you dip it in the thing. You guys really got to try that. You got to have that, try that. So they bring it out. We try it. It's fantastic. You dump freaking, you know, fresh lemon on it. They give a sauce. It was fantastic. We had to have another one. It was so good. Then they were like, our steaks are really good. We got these filet mignons, seven ounces, and we're talking and we're so overwhelmed by the taste of what we ate that I took a bite of the, we're looking at each other going, can you believe this? Can you fuck? I'm not even joking around. We talked about the meal like you would talk about the birth of your child to a family member, like the day they were born. Like, I'm not even kidding around. I'm going, dude, that fucking crab. And then he gave this little sip of Chardonnay that goes with it that like opens the taste up. And I'm going, oh my God. Then the filet mignon comes out. And I bite it before Kevin bites it. And I got mine medium rare. I put it in my mouth. And before I even close the top of my mouth, like when it just hit my tongue, I just go, oh my God, dude, you got to take a bite. You got to take a bite. And people must have been looking around at us. Like there was a table next to us going like, have these guys ever left the house before? Are they homeless? Or I couldn't believe it. I put my hand over my, I'm going, my father would be going wild in this place. Kevin takes a bite. I think he dropped his fork and he just goes, Oh my God, dude. And we're just going, I can't believe, I can't believe. And then they came out with this cooked full half like garlic clove, like garlic that you just scoop out and just eat like that. Or it was like so soft, you could just mash it on top of the steak if you wanted or eat it that way. And we got this uh, cream spinach with like this cheese melted on the top of it. That was, I mean, every single thing we bit, we're going, can you believe it? Can you believe it? How good is this? How good is this? And we're just savoring it. And we're like laughing. That's how good it is. And then they gave us a sip of the red wine to take with the steak. Like everything was paired with something. And it was just, and then a little seasoning if you wanted to put on the steak. And when I say the medium rare was cooked to perfection, it let me know how shitty other places are. 
I mean, this meal and steak was so good that it's actually criminal that places like Applebee's and TGI Friday serve steak. It should be illegal to get a fucking steak. Listen to me. I'm telling you right now, you are better off going to the supermarket, doing it yourself, like the recipe I gave on the podcast. You should not be allowed. It should be it should be a state law. Every state should have a law, countrywide, nationwide law, to not get a steak at an Applebee's or a fucking TGI Fridays or one of these places. All right. This is like, I mean, this makes a steak at Outback look like you should throw it in the back for dogs. That's how good this steak was. I said the best steak I ever had in my life was at the Mirage in Las Vegas when me, Lawhead, Bartnick, and Burr had a huge screaming match about boxers in the middle of this thing. And this dinner was like a $600, $700 dinner. And it was the greatest steak I ever had. This is right there. This is in the top two, three steaks I've ever had in my entire fucking life. I shit you not. It was the best. The experience was incredible. So we're just sitting there. We're laughing. We're just having one of those meals that just like lifted us up. It was fantastic. Not too much. Then they go, did you save room for dessert? And we're like, look, we've come this far. Let's go. And she goes, all right, he's got a surprise for you coming out. Comes out with this thing. They lit it on fire. There's a picture on my Facebook. If you go to my Facebook, it was lit on fire. You cut it in half and there's layers of like Oreo type cookie on it, then regular cake and then ice cream in the middle, just layers of that shit along with it. And it was like, you know, the fire on the outside charred it a little bit. I mean, it was insane. And then he gave us this little liqueur, like an after dinner drink, like almost like, a, no, it was like a, a port wine, but very, very little because it was super sweet. But just with the dessert, it just blew us away. And then they come over there and they were like, we took care of it for you. And of course we took care of them. But one of the greatest dining experiences of my life um, I've never asked for a steak and had it, but I'm not even joking around. I've been to steakhouses. I've been to multiple steakhouses before. This was tops and their number one thing is seafood, but that's how good they were like, look, the steaks here are just so you know, it's not just, you know, they had a crab leg there that you could have fucking hit a baseball at a Yankee stadium with. It was $79 for one leg. It was the shit that these guys go on deadliest catch for. This thing looked like you could beat a human, uh, beat a human being to death with it. I'm not even, I'm not trying to be funny. They, they had like the regular ones and they actually sampled it. They brought it out and gave us a display to pick. And the one where she goes, this is a King Alaskan crab leg. Just this one leg is $79. There was enough meat in there for both of us. That's how, I mean, this thing was a leg. Okay. This thing looked like a baby calf's leg and it was a fucking crab. This is what the guys in the, um, what's it called? The, the deadliest catch. What these guys, you know, basically lose their lives rest their souls. I mean, these guys die for this. That's why they call it deadliest catch. But like, this was not a crab leg. This was a, I mean, this was like almost a mutation. This was like, you know, elephantitis of the crab leg. This was so ridiculous. And I'm going, I can't believe I passed that up. But I've had like, when he said the steaks and I didn't want to, I was just like, I got to go with the steak. And I think we made the right move. But next time I go to True Lux, I'm going to get the, I'm going to get this, you know, baby bat or whatever it is. Cause it was gigantic and hilarious. So thank you, uh, Kerry. Go check him out. He's at True Lux in, um, in Houston by the Galleria. So there's two areas. There's the downtown area and then there's the Galleria area. And the Galleria area has a lot of businesses and restaurants and it, you'll see True Lux. It's right over there. It's by like a Hilton. It's by a Sheridan. It's by a bunch of things. But if you just say True Lux by the Galleria in Houston... Um, you're welcome. Ask for Kerry. Tell him Paul Verzi sent you and talked on his podcast about how incredible the meal was because it's a meal that both of us... Uh, Kevin was like, this is the greatest meal I've ever had. I think he actually said number one. And I'm like, I'm like, I've had so many great meals, especially like, you know, with all the traveling that I've done lately. And this is, I, I can't remember. So I would say top two steaks of my entire life. A thousand percent, I could say that. Uh, so check that out. Oh God, I'm getting hungry. I'm getting hungry. It's Thanksgiving. Here's the thing. Nothing's going to be good compared to it now. Like getting a steak, I, I, there's no way somebody's going to be able to cook the steak like this because it was, it, was, it was bizarre how good it was. It was bizarre that you could just cut and the piece of meat would taste like that. And it was like from like a, a ranch and um, like the cattle was from like Missouri. Like it was like the best, you know, cow. You could, I mean, this cow looked like, you know, this cow must have got massaged every day. I don't know why the meat tasted this good. This cow was getting like, you know, it was like, I mean, I've tasted Kobe beef that was worse than this fucking steak. 
Um, so that was that was fantastic. Now, um, on a bad note, the one thing in Houston that bugged me, there was a guy two tables in, two tables in during the show. Okay, by the way, it's uh, Verzi Effect Podcast uh, 426. Oh, real quick, before I get into this drunk asshole, I want to thank everybody who uh, reached out to me about the Burt Kreischer podcast. I can't, I've never had more people reach out to me about another show that I did. Uh, Maybe Burr, but like the one with uh, Kreischer, um, he, it it was out last week and um, he, I guess it came out on Wednesday. So I guess it's his latest one. It says, uh, you know, me and Paul Verzi or whatever, but so many people are reaching out saying that it was a great show and a great podcast. So shout out. Thanks. I know it was a long time. People asking about it, but shout out to uh, Burt Kreischer. Thank you for having me. The podcast was great. Apparently everybody really enjoyed the conversation we had. We talked about OCD. We talked about depression. We talked about stand-up comedy and, you know, doing specials and and everything like that. But uh, people seem to really enjoy it and like it. So am I going to listen? Probably not. Um, I did it. You know, people always say, oh, did you listen? Like, I'm not like that. I don't really like to do, like, I never listen back to these podcasts. And that's why I know some of these podcasts are good and funny because I could tell by the reactions. Some of them are just whatever and people listen and whatever, but like, I'll never listen back and go, I'm going to redo that. It's like, I put it out once a week. You enjoy it. You enjoy it. You, you get my personality. You have a good time with it. Great. If not, I don't know, but I'm not going to be like, oh, I shouldn't have said that word. Let me take this out. Let me do that. It is what it is. So I'm probably not going to listen to it. And people are reaching out saying, um, for me to go on Joe Rogan's podcast. It's like, I love, I love people. Hey, why don't you go on Rogan's podcast? Yeah. I can't just make a call and go, Hey, you know, can I get on the biggest podcast ever? I know you have, uh, you know, Elon Musk on tomorrow. Can you bump Elon to put me on there? Listen, you guys want me on the Joe Rogan podcast? Reach out to Joe, let him know. I have no problem. There's a lot of other stories, a lot of things I could say on other podcasts as well, but thank you for listening to the Burt one and liking it. Now let's get to this drunk asshole. There was a guy, and I i mean, probably one of the best shows that I've ever had in my life was first show Saturday. And it was more me, not not the crowd. When, when I say, it was like me, like, oh, I did this a certain way. I did this. The hours get in a certain way. And like, you know, comedians, we have better shows than others in our mind, what we like. We may have a show where the crowd loves and reacts to something better than another show, but that show for us wasn't really our favorite. And so I'm like, all right, man, we got one more. All these shows, the first four have been phenomenal. And then the fifth one starts to be great. And then there's this drunk guy in the middle. And he just had this weird like look. And he was by himself. And he was just like raise his hand to try to ask questions. And I'm like a half hour in. And he's like, so wait, let me... And then he was like looking around at people like, should I, what, what should, are you guys understanding that he was so drunk and everybody was trying to be away from him and I'm having a great time. I'm having a great time. The room, I'm killing the fucking room. People are laughing. It's going great. And this one guy, and it was like halfway through my set and I go, do I stop the set? And then I, you know, I'm really grateful that the club saw it. The club walked up, said something to him. He kind of calmed down for a little bit, but it was just one of those things where I was just like. Uh, and then he did that thing at the end when everybody, you know, clapped for me and loved it. Like he did like a salute, like good job. Meanwhile, the whole time. And then I found out he's a regular there who thinks he's funny. So this is a guy that just gets hammered drunk, goes to the fucking club. He might have drinking too much this time. He was he didn't do enough for me to kick him out. And that's why I didn't. Because if, if it gets to that point, you have to. But he did enough to make me just be like, this guy's a dick and it's annoying me. And I had to kind of maneuver things and he made people around him uncomfortable, but it wasn't enough and it still bugs me. But he just, And then he did that thing where he like clapped really like, good for you, man. Good job. He gave me like a salute. And I wanted to be like, I just, I just hate drunk people. I really, really do. I really hate drunk people. But that's not my unacceptable. My unacceptable is um, an Uber driver. That I had. Oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. But before I get in, <laughs> wait, before I get into my Uber driver unacceptable, we had an Uber driver experience that was pretty nuts. All right. So after we went to that like hipster wine bar in uh, Houston's version of uh, Williamsburg, Brooklyn, we uh, we call up this Uber and a big like brand new like 2020 jacked up Jeep Wrangler pulls up. It was like that cool color gray 
but he had giant tires on it with red rims and the whole thing like matched but it was it was really nice but it was also like jacked up like you're like yeah there's no these are not factory tires these are not normal factory wheels this dude jacked this this truck up big time right so i'm <laughs> i had a hard time getting in it you know I'm like a couple of wines in. I, you know, we just had like a cheese plate and a, and a meat plate. I'm exhausted. I feel great. I'm tired. And then I got to like jump up. I felt, and I'm five foot eight. So I felt like a little kid. And I'm like laughing, trying to get in. And uh, me and Kevin are sitting in the back talking. And then I'm like, hey, man, it's a nice, nice truck, man. What year? And he just had this weird, he had this like serial killer cadence. I'm not even joking around, man. He did. He had like a, he was like, it's a 2020, um, you know, the year. I was like, those aren't real tires. Those aren't the tires that came with it, though. He's like, no, I put those on. but I didn't. And Kevin just gives a look, and then I give a look, and I'm like, oh, this dude's off, right? And we're just like, I forgot what how we ended up talking, but we were just talking, and he's like, I was like, oh, where are you from? And he was like, I'm from Washington State, and this and that. And I, I just, the guy was just... It was like, I put it this way, I was lucky that there were two of us. I felt, I felt both of us felt lucky that there were two of us. Um, but I knew that this was on some next type of, so uh, we're talking and he's talking. I go, Washington and this and that. And then um, I jokingly go like this. And I'm not just making this up for the show. This actually happened. I jokingly go, Jesus, I go, how many guns you got in this thing? And as serious as this dude could be, he just kind of looked around the truck and he goes, Oh, just the one. And I was like, yeah, dude. I go, you got carrier, you got, what I think I said, you got carrier permit look written all over. You were like, this truck has like, just the way, but the way he talked, and then he started talking about gun laws. And me and Kev were just like, uh, yeah, yeah, you know, like, that's cool. Like, you know, but I, just the way he said, like, so now we're driving in this car with this guy who's got this cadence and basically admits there's a gun in there. Not that, listen, I know it's Texas and not that that's like a, a bad thing, but if you listen to the guy speak and he had like a low tone, um, but also he was like super, it, it seemed super intelligent. Like when he talked, it was like very poignant and intelligent, but it had this low cadence and like he didn't hit his syllables the way that I, that I, like if I was to give you an example, I'll give you an example. Like if I was to say, um, if I was to say, oh, I took the dog to the park today, we went for a walk. He would be like, um, well, you know, I took the dog to the park, you know, uh, um, for a, you know, walk. The dog likes to, to walk. Um, it's, it's not, you know, the park's not far. It's like, it's like, it was like that. Like, it was just almost like it wasn't fluent, but it was, it was. And then um, we were just kind of looking at each other like, what the, f dude, you know. And then um, I felt bad. I got out first. And I think, I, what did I text Kevin? I got out first, and I just, after I got out of the car, I texted him, I go, listen, if this guy ends up raping you, dude, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, <laughs> you know, uh, we just had a laugh about it, but um, really weird, all right, wow, this is going fast, I'm 38 minutes in, guys, all right, so listen, here's my unacceptable, my unacceptable is my Uber driver from my hotel to the airport, this guy's downstairs, first of all, he's downstairs super early, but that's fine, I get down there. I wave to him. He sees me. He's sitting in his Cadillac and he just sees me with my bags and I walk to the trunk and he doesn't get out. And then all of a sudden he gets out late and I'm just standing there fine. Then I see a, he has his plastic coffee on the trunk. He doesn't see it and he starts popping the trunk and I go, no, 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 dude, 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 your coffee. Coffee ends up sliding down, almost spilling. He was like all over the place. It was like Clark W. Griswold was my driver all of a sudden. This guy was a fucking calamity, this guy. And the, the, the coffee sliding off the thing. Oh, sorry about that. Then he puts my bag and then he closes the thing. And then he goes back towards the door and my door's locked. So now I'm standing outside already. The whole thing is, I'm not even in the car yet. I'm trying to get outside. The car's locked. So then he tries unlocking it with me next to him. It doesn't work. Then he goes into the car. He goes, does it work now? No, it still doesn't work. Finally, he pops this thing open. So I'm like, is this guy serious? And um, he was just getting into the car, out of the car, lackadaisical. It was just, guy was an absolute calamity. 
And um, it was unacceptable with the coffee and the trunk and locking me out of the car as I'm trying to get in. It was almost like a comedy to the point where I was looking around going, is somebody messing with me? Like, is this guy serious? The only thing this guy didn't do, honest to God, was trip on his own feet and just bust his face open before he started to uh, get in the car and drive me to the airport. I mean, this guy was a mess. I got to tell you, man, Uber and car services, it's all about the driver. I had a guy last night pick me up from the airport Guy was just on it, waiting there, told me exactly where he was, standing outside the car, waiting to take the bags first, looking around, making sure I knew where I was going. Then I get in, he sits this and that. Then I sit down. He's like, oh, I got a water for you. You want anything else? I got some snacks. He like tries to give me a big bag of Doritos, which he doesn't even realize Doritos is my Jordan, number one. Doritos is number one. And I'm like, no, no, I'm good. And I didn't eat the Doritos because, you know, now I'm sitting in the back of a car. I'm going to probably get car sick. I don't want to puke, you know, uh you know, nacho cheese everywhere. So I'm like, no, I'm going to wait to get home. But guy was just on it. Makes the experience that much better. It really does. Uh, plane was great on the way back. Nobody sitting next to me. And I was in comfort plus on Delta. So I could have had an eight hour flight. I wouldn't care. I was sleeping. What sucked is there was a woman with a baby behind me and I felt bad reclining the whole way. So I kind of didn't, I kind of like did just a little bit and I was kind of pissed about it. Cause I'm like, man, I can't win. And they asked me to change seats. Only the seat in front. Same exact seat. Also Comfort Plus. And it was a couple with their newborn baby. And I'm like, yeah, no, that's fine. But then I was like, do I recline or do you not recline? Now I'm the asshole because I want to be comfortable because I'm still on this plane with you for four hours. Do I recline or not? Plane got delayed. I'm tired. So now I feel like even if I did recline and they didn't say anything to me, they're like, oh my God, there's a baby. right? And the baby was crying behind me. I didn't say anything. Nothing. What am I going to say? I'm not one of those. If you're one of those, if you're one of those, can you stop with the baby or you complain to somebody about the baby? It's like, come on, it's a baby. What are you going to do? Um, nothing really to talk about on Thanksgiving, except I hope everybody has a Thanksgiving. Uh, I mean, a happy Thanksgiving and enjoys, um, you know, enjoys. the And don't bring in it. Don't bring, don't do the stranger in the house thing. Okay. We talked about that before. Don't do that either. You know, those, you know, those people. Yeah, this guy that works with me, he doesn't have really anywhere to go, so I invited him. And it's like, well, maybe he's got nowhere to go for a reason. Joe Bartnick, <laughs> Joe Bartnick has a great joke where he says, if somebody's homeless, they're probably an asshole. Because if you, you have to be an asshole if somebody's not even going to let you stay on your couch. <laughs> How great of a joke is that? He's like, if you don't know what... <laughs> hey, hey. <laughs> Fuck, you, probably the mailman or some Amazon package is coming to the house. Sorry about that. Um, but Joe Barton has got this joke. He goes, how much of an asshole do you have to be? If not one, if one person is not even going to let you stay on, you might be out there for a reason, but no, we had, you know, never, we had those people like, oh, he's got nowhere to go. Let him come in. And it's okay. And it's nice, but there's something about it that I find phony. Like, I don't know. I don't know. I'm going to probably get myself into trouble here. Somebody I love or a family member is going to listen to this and go, well, we did that one year and then I'm going to be the asshole. So I'm going to cut my losses here, everybody, because you know what? I have to stare across the table and see people on Thursday, just like you do. You know, you got to stand there. You got to sit there and everybody's got to smile. Hey, how's everybody? Good, good. You good? Yeah, I saw that. Great. You're so good. Great, great. Like, how's the wine? Great, great. The turkey's delicious. I don't know. This stuffing, this is the best year. This stuffing was not as good this last year. I mean, it was great, but this year, I think, the, I, I got to be honest with you, this might have been the best one we had. The, all that shit's coming, and it's like, um, but can't say anybody that I really don't like is going to be here. So that's that's always a good thing. You know, that's always that's always a good thing. You got to go immediates, you know? You got to go immediates and you can't have any um, do-withouts. I've talked to you guys about the do-withouts. The do-withouts are, ah, they're nice. I like them. I could do without them. You, can, you cannot have a do-without on Thanksgiving or Christmas. You just can't. Now, listen, if it's built into the family and there's nothing you could do, if it's like, a, you know, an in-law thing or a, a brother-in-law or a sister-in-law thing, what are you going to do? I mean, those, those are do-withouts you just can't. You can't do without, actually, because it's... I'm talking about do-withouts that are like, should Uncle so-and-so come this year? They have another place to go, but if we invite them, they'll come. It's like, if that's a do-without, then that uncle doesn't come. That's how I look at it. No do-withouts. Um, uh, just the one gun. 
Just the one gun. That's the name of this episode. One gun, for sure. Guys, on a sadder note, on an inspiring note, okay? It, this should inspire. Um, I was laying in bed this morning, okay? Monday morning, today. And I saw something that said... It showed a YouTube original documentary and it showed audience members or viewers, I should say, and talking about it afterwards and what their reaction was. And people are crying and they're covering their face and they're inspired. And um, I just see the link to it. And I'm like, oh, I could watch this right now. How long is it? And it's about 39 minutes. So you call it whatever, 39 and change. You call it a 40-minute documentary. And it's about Claire Wineland. And I don't want to give too much away about it, but Claire Wyland was born with cystic fibrosis, this beautiful, beautiful baby. Um, you see her sitting there. She's got all these tubes, like gorgeous, gorgeous baby girl. And um, you just see her go through all this stuff, and she talks, and she's a motivational, and she talks, and the opening line is, I'm dying, you know, and they said I'd live to maybe 10. And then I got to 10, and they said I'd live to... To 13, and then I got to 13. They said I lived to 16, and then they said, you know, 19 or 20. Now they're saying early 20s or whatever, right? So it's the story about her life, how her whole life is just waking up, taking her treatments, taking her inhalers, putting the treatment on her lungs to, to you know, all these things, the jacket she's got to put on, all the breathing. Then she, then she has to eat 5,000 calories because she gets so skinny. And then she has to sleep and then like do the whole thing again. So her whole life is basically just surviving and fighting and being tired of doing that. And um, not to be serious or bring the podcast down, but I always like to refer things that are inspirational and motivational and also let people realize that you really, you know, what really are your problems? You know, I know people have problems. I know probably people have a lot of problems more than, than you know what she went through with the with the cystic fibrosis, you know, with the fight and all that stuff. But there's also people that think they have problems when they, they don't know shit and they're negative and they, they, they shouldn't be. They don't count their blessings. They're not grateful for things. And um, you can go to uh, clairemovie.com, I believe, and that's uh, C-L-A-I-R-E movie.com. It's a YouTube original. You could also Google uh, Claire Movie. But, um, and, and, you know, then what she did was she realized her, the main point of the documentary is to stop treating people that are sick like they're sick. And she said she hated seeing like the St. Jude's commercial with like all of these bald kids and smiling, saying, give money, help. And like, that's their life. And she wanted it to be like, no, like you can live and you could go on and be happy. And what are you going to do? And she started this charity she had almost died at 13. They didn't think she was going to pull through, and she did. And she was like, what am I doing with my life? And she started this charity, and she got on, like, Good Morning America and all these famous people, and she got all these famous friends, and everybody was like, and she was raising money, doing things, and she had, like, 300,000 or something YouTube subscribers, and her story was just incredible. She goes out motivational speaking with, these, you know, these tubes in her nose so she could breathe better. And um, I was sitting in there, man, and I, st I was crying in bed. You know, I was just crying, man, because, like, that shit gets me. Like, if I see an animal or, like, children at St. Jude sick, I can't, I can't handle that shit. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, I really um, have a problem. I'm sure, like, we all do. But I see, I just, you know, I was just tearing up watching this thing. And it was, it just made me go, like, get out of bed and do something. Like, if you're, not, not just me. It was ironic, too, because as I'm, like, listening to this unbelievably inspiring thing. I'm like laying in sweatpants going, should I nap? Like the dog's sleeping next to me. And this girl's like fighting for every breath, like running a fucking charity. And I'm like, all right, Lloyd, what are we going to do? Are we going to walk or are we going to take another nap? <laughs> Isn't that funny when you see shit like that? You're like, yeah, yeah, what am I doing with my life? And then you're like, yeah, let me get a pepperoni pizza. Was it 30 minutes? <laughs> Yeah, we're going to just kick back, uh, watch Sports Center, but uh, no, but I, I honestly, like all jokes aside, um, it changed me today and it brought me back to when I had my depression in 2016 and I was down and out and I never thought I would snap out of it and I never thought that I would be where I am right now. I never thought that I'd be happy again. I thought it was like this thing. And then you just look at somebody that's genuinely dying. Knowing every day, like knowing every day, like there's a chance 
that you're just, the lungs are going to fail and you're just going to die, having it, thinking you're going to die. She said she was ready to die and expecting it and then got terrified when it was actually in front of her where she actually did die for a little bit at 13 years old. She died for a few minutes and came back. They brought her back. But like, and you're thinking like that and you're just motivated. She's like, what am I doing with my life? I need to do something. I need to leave a legacy. I don't want to be treated like I'm sick. I want to do something. Um, just made me realize like, wow, man. And she was talking about like, Corny, cliche, things do come up, but you do see how precious life is. And um, and that's how I live my life. So uh, I, I, I implore you all, man, to, to, to watch it. It's called Claire Movie. Go to ClaireMovie.com. It'll be 39 minutes, but like, if this shit doesn't hit you, I don't know. Like, you could just watch it while you're at work if you got, you know, or like on and off or just like, it's, it's just so incredibly inspiring. And it just makes you realize, like, what do you have to worry about? We're all going to die, man. So, like, what are you doing now? And and that's that's the message it gives. And it's really amazing. So, I know, corny, cliche, whatever. But, listen, I figured talk about it. It was kind of cool that I saw it on Thanksgiving um, week because it lets me realize all the things that I have to be thankful for. And I'm sure you guys have a ton of things that um, you're thankful for. Like, of course, we all got our shit, right? Yeah, things could always be better in certain areas, but things could be a, a shit ton worse too. And we need to take that um, into consideration. Guys, the New York football giants suck. Okay? They suck. My New York Knicks suck. Okay? Sports are just bad now. Fire every coach and bring people who know what they're doing in. That's all I got for sports. Okay? That's it. Because that's really all that's going on. I'm sick and tired of why. Oh, did you watch that game? That guy's great. Oh, imagine having that quarterback. Yeah, well, I don't have that quarterback. Oh, that guy's great. Imagine having his. Well, what about that defense? You have the, yeah, we don't have that defense. Okay? Me and a couple of my comedian friends could could run on the Giants. On the Giants. So, there's no sports talk on TV uh, TVE today. Because we suck. Anyway, guys. I'll be in Dallas this week. I am flying in on Black Friday. That's right. No stampeding to get TVs. No stampeding to get a washing machine that's a little off. I will be flying to the Big D, uh, Dallas, and I will be performing at the Addison Improv to Friday, to Saturday. That's the 29th, 30th, and um, one on December 1st, Sunday. So Friday, Saturday, and Sunday of this week, day after starts day after Thanksgiving. Come out to Addison. I was just in Houston. We had a nice turnout. Want to have even a bigger turnout in Addison. I love Texas, and I'm looking forward to finishing my uh, my tour. My all my year tours uh, end in San Antonio the following week, which I believe is uh, yes, December sixth, seventh, and eighth. And uh, looks like that will be it for 2019. The uh, Paul Verzi prequel tour, getting ready to gear up for this new hour. Hopefully in the next few months have announcements of, uh, of that stuff. I mean, that's not going to be until the first quarter of the next year. But I can tell you one thing is that I really love the direction of the new hour. And um, it's going great. So I hope to see you guys in Dallas next week or San Antonio the week after that. For other dates and other updates, you can go to paulverzi.com. I wish everybody listening to my show a uh, happy... Uh, healthy Thanksgiving. Enjoy it with your family. Don't take it for granted. I love you guys. I'm thankful for my listeners. I'm thankful for all you guys listening to me, coming out to my shows over the years. Check me out if you haven't heard me on the Burt Kreischer podcast. And um, I will talk to you guys uh, next week. Take care.